0: Well, well, well. Welcome to A Coach's Perspective. I'm your host, Jenny Hopkins, and this show is presented to you by Great Southern Bank. They're our presenting sponsor, and we're so grateful for Joe Turner and Kelly Polonis, all the teammates over at Great Southern Bank. Great Southern Bank is serious about convenience with nearly 100 banking centers in six states, hundreds of ATMs and mobile and online banking services. You're always in touch with your money. Learn more at greatsouthernbank.com, member FDIC. We have other sponsors that we're very grateful for, Highland Dairy, Story Construction, West Logging, Craig Lehman with Shelter Insurance, Bill Grant Ford in Bolivar, Greg and Melinda Burnett, and Springfield Yard Cards. we're going to talk about them throughout the show. Uh, before we get to our show tonight, I want to recap a little bit about last week. Last week, um, the first off, uh, the Springfield Area Sports Hall of Fame had their Hall of Fame induction, and I want to congratulate all of the inductees and what a great event that that was. We also had on our show Ed Chapin. He is one of the most decorated attorneys out of San Diego, San Diego, California. And we talked about how he used his athletic days to help him now as a successful trial attorney. And it's a it's a fascinating show. He's had a lot of experience. If you want to listen to that, you can go to acoachesperspective.com, listen to it, or you can go to Apple iTunes, Spotify, Verbal, or we are now on Helium Satellite Radio. All right, so our first segment, I want to get right to this because we have a lot of things that we're going to put these coaches to the test on, and I'm so excited about this. We're kicking off a series, a new series that we're going to be doing the next two to three weeks on sports ethics. Um, You know, coaches are are given situations often, um, and they have to make decisions. And so we're going to put some panels together throughout these next few weeks, and we're going to present some ethical scenarios to coaches and find out what they would do. Um, and how they would handle that situation. So my first two uh, panel members that are here tonight, and and I mean, there is something for going first. There is something that says we're going first. So we will give them credit for that. Um, We welcome veteran, um, volleyball coach, player, guru, may I just say guru, (laughs) volleyball, and radio host. Her voice is going to sound familiar because she is half of heart-to-heart right here on the jock. So welcome, Kelly Richardson.
1: Thank you. So excited to be
0: here. Well, we are happy to have you here. And... Veteran, you like that? That means you're getting older. Be, that's it? fine. Yeah. <laughs> Veteran boys basketball coach in the area, um, currently at Logan Rogersville coach John Schaefer is here. So welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Judy. Well, I, I have, you know, I'm really excited that both of you um, are the first coaches that I'm having on this panel because um, you both do a very, very, very um stellar job with your programs and you coach people and you care about the people that, that are in your programs. You care about the people that um that surround you and that that represent you. And that's one of the reasons that I wanted to have you two on here first. Um Coach Schaefer and I have you know, we've been able to to work together um a couple of times once at Greenwood once at Hillcrest High School and and it's um you know I, I've been able to see you handle different situations and and you always do Sometimes a nice job the best
2: right I'm, I'm waiting on the just handle so usually you just said you handle
0: so. them I didn't say how okay. well no. fair
2: enough I knew why you invited me on the show
0: no you are definitely here um for a positive fourth, for sure. All right. So you know, both of you are strong coaches. All right. Um, you've been, you've had tested decisions before. Well, first off, when you are looking at a difficult decision that you have to make, what are some of the variables that you put into play? Before we even give some of these scenarios, Coach Richardson, I'm going to ask you first.
1: Um, you know, I think as I have uh, grown as a coach and grown up a lot, some of the bigger things that I've tried to start doing is processing before I react in a lot of these types of situations. I think when I was a younger coach and in different difficult things that would come up, I would be very quick to like emotion in my emotional charge, just like come with a solution and like just roar out at it, you know? And now I try to really sit back and process and try to see different angles. And I, I tell my kids now take the emotional hat on, put the logical hat on or emotional off logical on and, I think that's been the biggest part of my process when anything comes up now is trying to not emotionally react right away and trying to logically think through things so that I can come up with a solution and like try to work through that before I just go after it. Because sometimes those emotional decisions don't get you landed in very good places. (laughs) That
0: that is true. And that is important to be able to take a breath, if you Mm -hmm. will. Take a breath and process um, before you make that decision. Coach Schaefer, what, what kind of things do you consider when you have to make a difficult decision?
2: Well, to echo what she said, yes, correct. I, the same, react emotionally sometimes. <laughs> and when I was younger, most that, officials that, would that, agree that, with that, you. Yes, you know, hey, <laughs> yeah. good thing I'm friends with Mother's right. right, that's right. <laughs> um, but pretty much what I can live with, you know, that's kind of what I, you know, what can I look at myself in the mirror and say? you know, what do I feel good about telling this young man or, or, or woman and you know not jumping into it is a big deal. Like mm-hmm. like what she said earlier is that, you know, if you react today, you know, I'm trying to think how to put this in words, but my daughter, my seventeen year old daughter, mm-hmm. um, she has opened my eyes a lot. You just uh, coaching my kids of probably how I treat them, you know, I'm probably getting softer, if you will, in my old age, <laughs> but, uh, but understanding her, which it, there's, there's a lot of disconnect between kids and adults, today. um, just uh, the technology and, and everything, the, the age gap, but, uh, starting to understand her helps me handle some situations with some of the boys her age and her friends where I, I'm like, I want to strangle them sometimes, but, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, take a breath and, you know, it, it makes things a lot better. It you, is You keep learning. Yeah.
0: When you have, like you said, your own kids going through experiences, it does put a different perspective on how you see things. Um, and, you, you know, there's wonderful coaches that, that don't ever coach their kids and they still have a great perspective, but that is uh, a, a way to microwave your point of view for sure when mm-hmm. you can see how it affects your, your own child. Um, and I, I think that's something that's really important too. Plus, I think on a, on a side note, as head coaches – you know, I mean, if you're an assistant coach, your role is to offer suggestions. If you're a head coach, your job is to make decisions. I mean, those are kind of, that's kind of the defining roles in a snapshot. Um, And I think, but I think when you're making those decisions, you should take some of the, your staff into consideration too. So I think making big decisions um, could be, it's also kind of a team, Mm -hmm. team effort. It can be on a coaching staff. Absolutely. All right, you ready for some of these scenarios? All right, what we're going to do is I I'm going to... What do we
1: got?
0: <laughs> yeah. So we're going to look at some of these scenarios, and and, and they are not... Um, yes, I have a basketball person here and a volleyball person here, uh, but the first one is a football scenario. So they're, they're going to be using their coach brain, not necessarily their sports-specific brain. Some of them will be sports-specific, but uh, these are more for your coach brain. All right, so in a recent football contest, Team A... Team A is up 46-0, to zero, a blowout. Team B's coach sought out Team A's coach with a question. Would you mind if our special needs player got a chance to compete? The opportunity was the culmination of months of work for this student, a 15-year-old freshman who is mainstreamed at the school with a modified education plan. The young man, just five-three and 105 pounds, participates in all non-contact drills and practice, and the schools even practice this play that they want to run for him in a scrimmage earlier in the season. So you are the coach for team a, do you let him play and score coach Schaefer?
2: Oh, you want me to go first? I do. (laughs) Uh, My first instinct is absolutely. However, you know, we, I've done this with different students we've had on, in our programs. And and, and basically what we try to do is talk to the head coach prior and let them know, Hey, we don't know how the score is going to be. If it's going to be 48 to zero. However, how do you feel about this? And, Most of the time, everybody's on board, and it's not a thing to show somebody up or or whatever. And you know, that that young man appreciates that moment, and that moment's probably bigger than that forty-eight to zero score or people's feelings about it. So that that can change his life for the better, and and just that you know one minute of play or that that privilege to do so. So, yeah, I say absolutely.
0: And to be a part of that mm-hmm. has got to be exciting.
1: Do you have a different answer or the same? No, absolutely the same. So sometimes um, I think we all get sometimes up and charged about, you know, what sports are supposed to mean. And, and the reality is, is they're character building moments and they reveal character more importantly. And I think that's a great opportunity to to show the good side of that. I agree um, I, I think this first one is a, is a no-brainer for mm-hmm. sure that
0: is a, a way for you know a community to be involved and excited about um, something in a game so uh, let's say the coach comes up to you you know it's 480 right in the first scenario what if it's 48 38 48 38 and there's two minutes left in the well, game
2: d- depends on who you're playing <laughs> 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 um, you know I think it, like I said I think if you address what's going on in the first place I'd I mm-hmm. think it's it's an okay deal, um, but uh, your people are people. The coaches are coaches. There are different philosophies and mm-hmm. different mentalities about what they think is right, and that's why I say you know th- know beforehand. And you know if yeah. that's hey pick that game <laughs> if you're going to do this mm-hmm. pick that game with a with a coach that you can get along with, or mm-hmm. you know that you know that you know maybe it's not a rivalry game mm-hmm. or maybe whatever. But you no, know, I think I think yes, still the same.
1: I agree, and I think I I think the key point that he's bringing up too is the communication that happens prior to it. And I think when that communication happens and everybody's on the same page with what's going to happen, and that's at the end of the day, that's the adults making sure that they're communicating properly and doing what they're supposed to be doing. And I think and a, and acting like adults <laughs> right. as they're appropriately supposed to. So I think when that communication is there, even in that scenario, you can still make that happen. Yeah.
0: I agree. And th- that is the only thing I don't like about this scenario is that he um, stops the game and the coach goes over in the middle of the game and asks. Mm-hmm. Like you said, there should have been some prior communication, and mm-hmm. I-, I think that definitely um, is a good idea. All right, well, we're going to take our, our first break. See, how- that's not too hard. Not, right? sorry, no, they're they're, they're going it. to get harder. They're going to get harder. All right, we'll take our first break, and when we come back, we'll continue with our sports ethics with Kelly Richardson and John Schaefer. Thank you again to Great Southern Bank for being our presenting sponsor. We'll be right back here on a Coach's Perspective. which is Perspective, and I am here with Kelly Richardson and John Schaefer, and this segment is sponsored by Highland Dairy. Highland Dairy is owned by dairy farmers, and they've been providing a great selection of nutritious dairy products since 1938. Hey, it's a proven fact from scientific studies, professional dietitians They all agree the ideal sports beverage recovery drink available to athletes after a workout is chocolate milk. Mm -hmm. And guess who has the best-tasting chocolate? You got it, Highland Dairy, and they're a proud sponsor of A Coach's Perspective. All right, so we are kicking off a series here this week on the ethics in sports, and we are having coaches in, and we're going to be talking with them about different scenarios um, and how they would handle them. And I have, you know, John Schaefer is here and Kelly Richardson. Um, let's get to our next scenario if you guys are ready. The first one was pretty easy, <laughs> pretty easy. Um, this is you, our basketball coach. Coach Schaefer, you should be able to get this I'll go first. Right off <laughs> <date>. <laughs> uh, your starting lineup of athletes is ahead 48 to 15 at halftime. Pretty commonplace for your teams, correct? Right. <laughs> that would be great.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> okay, that starting lineup consists of a group of students whose parents will definitely confront you if you don't play their children in the second half, the bulk of the second half. Uh, They feel like their children have earned their playing time based on grades and performance, and it's not their problem if the other team's not any good. So they also dominate, as another variable, the team's booster club and donate lots of time and money to the club. So you're up 48 15. What do you do in the second half?
2: Well, how much job security do I have, first of all? Is that on there or (laughs) not? Yes. Wait, am I tenured? Okay. Now, uh, you know, we if we're up 48-15 at half, I and typically just rule of thumb, you know, we we keep an eye on that and we try not to ever run up the score on people because we don't want to be on the other end of it and it always what comes around goes around. And um uh, but no, actually I would probably start back with my starters so the parents will be happy there. But sure. that's just pretty much what we do. Um they would not play a lot. Uh they would they would come out, you know, pretty quickly in the third and we would sub and pretty much, they probably wouldn't touch the floor in the fourth quarter. So,
0: which would probably be running clock anyway.
2: Uh, hopefully, you know. Hopefully, but um, you know, hope, you know that's that's a scenario where, yeah, that's that's reality in some places. But usually, if you're winning, that that's not such a big deal. Now, if it's the other way, yes, it could be. But um, myself, I I don't care. <laughs> I, I, I'm I'm going to play the guys that have earned their spots and 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 do what they do and and. You know, and hopefully those guys that are under them, they, as the years go by, they do the same thing. And, and that's just what we do. We, we pretty much try to leave parents out as much as we can. And, and we appreciate any, you know, fundraising they do and all the help. And, and we just, you know, I, I think you're doing a miss service if you do something like that, you know. So,
0: well, then you, you, they can't um, buy that time, or they, they shouldn't have that kind of an attitude um, where they feel like they can hold that over you. Um, that's definitely not an educator's um, point of view. What do you think?
1: Ellie? Yeah, no, I mean, I, I completely agree with with everything he said as well. I, I also think that it's important for kids to understand, too, when rest needs to happen. So a season is long, and if the same kids are playing day in, day out, every moment of every game, you're going to get to postseason, and then all of a sudden somebody's going to, get injured or get hurt because they're overworked. And so I also think that I think there's just a whole slew of lessons that can go into that from character when it's good time for other kids to get opportunities from when it's a good time to take the rest when you can get it so that you can continue prolonging your season. I mean, I just think there's, you know, a whole a whole handful of really good lessons in that scenario. So
0: you got you to step back and look at it from a global perspective when you when you're leading a team and a program, and you've got the base of your iceberg. You've got those kids that come in day in and day out, and they get their butts whipped in practice. And mm-hmm. this is a moment for them to step on the stage for a little while. And if yep. you if you can't be happy about that, then you know, then what kind of parent are you? I mean, really, what kind of parent are you to be able to not? Um, uh, to be happy that a kid that doesn't get to play yeah. actually gets a little bit on the stage. And um, I think that's a, that's a question more of an ethical question for the parent mm-hmm. here than the coach. Mm-hmm. Most definitely. Yeah. All right. We'll m- move on to the next <laughs> scenario. This is a wrestling one. Okay. All right. So you are a wrestler who needs to get practice on takedowns. You've been told by your coach. So this is more from a player perspective. So both of you are athletes put on your athlete hat here. Um, And then we'll also talk a little bit about what the coach is asking him to do. But you've been told by your coach to take down and let up an opponent several times to get the practice on takedowns before pinning them. You know that you could pin your opponent at will and that he or she would be embarrassed and discouraged if you listen to your coach. What do you do?
1: Hmm. You know, that's. First of all, I've I've never wrestled, so I don't yeah. I don't know how long a drill like that yeah. or a situation like that is supposed to is supposed to go on. Um, so from a technical standpoint, I I, I probably am not going to answer super well. But you know, I I think what's hard in situations like this is an athlete. You know, I was raised by a coach, and so I was raised in the generation. You don't even need a reason; it's because I said so. So if a coach told you to do it, you're going to do it, and. I think that it's unfortunate, kind of like what you said is that was more of an ethical decision for the parents in the right. last scenario. I think this becomes a problem if it's an ethical issue with a coach telling a kid because as an athlete, what are you supposed to do if you don't if you don't follow what your coach is telling you to do, you then, you know, can be reprimanded from the coach as well. And so I think unfortunately when situations like this happen when coaches you know, don't follow the code of ethics that I think they're supposed to follow, and put athletes in a bad situation. And again, I don't know enough about that sport to know exactly how long something like that should go on. Um, I would like to think as an athlete that I'd stand up and and do what's right, but I as a as a coach's kid, I also know that <laughs> I have it like ingrained in me. Sure, that you do what your coach says. Yeah. Um, so that's that's a difficult. But yeah,
0: but again, it's that global view. What kind of what kind of coach it wants that? For. That's mm-hmm. that's another kid. That's another yep. human child that that is is the opponent. Yeah. And so um you know this is a well, I don't want to steal your thunder. No, you're I'm good. Sure hey, help
2: help yourself. No, I was I was just going to go a different route. I mean, I played for Darren Taylor. Um so you do whatever he tells you. And that's the way I was raised and and not question it and you know that is not today. Uh, kids question a lot of things that you say now, but and and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. But what I how I would handle that as a player i would probably tell the guy hey look i'm gonna let you up a couple times don't take it wrong <laughs> i'm gonna yeah. do what he says so can we can just get through this and move on and everybody's happy and let's let's just let's go so yeah.
0: yeah this one this one kind of get, gets my blood boiling just a little bit because i can't imagine a coach that would i would not want my kid playing for a coach like this exactly um, yeah. that's what practices are for you know you that's that's something that you do in practice that's not something you embarrass them at, at a at a match mm-hmm. um all right next scenario all right um it, you know, I, and I want a disclaimer here. You all, and you can verify, did not see any of these beforehand. So you didn't know what I was going to bring up, right? Yep. Mm, all right. No. So the head coach of one team in a high school basketball game, again, disclaimer, Coach Shaver hasn't seen this continually. <laughs> I did
2: not write these.
0: Uses profanity when addressing um, her players. Uh, the game officials clearly hear the profanity um, tirades. So, um, should the game officials uh, assess a technical foul on um, hearing profanity?
2: I think by all means they could, for they sure. sure could, yeah, yes. I mean, if if I'm hearing that from a huddle uh, as an opposing team, you know, yeah, I'm not happy with that. Uh, have I said some cuss words before? Yes. Do I try? If I do, I do I want them heard by everyone? No. Right. Um, but yeah, and that and that's in the heat of the moment too. But this sounds more of a situation that it's just blatant and i think if it's blatant i think it needs to be addressed because you know you're for one you're a role model and you don't want you don't want your kids to act and think that that's okay to do too um you know when i have there's times that i'm like hey don't do as i (laughs) do do as i say (laughs) so you know
0: yeah if you if you lose your head it gives your kids a right to lose their head now sure. that's speaking to someone who you know had probably a dozen technicals in 24 years which is definitely a lower rate than someone else in the studio but you know that is probably, not oh. <laughs> that
2: is not accurate that is not accurate
0: thrown down <laughs> but it, but that is you know you emotions do get the best of you sometimes as mm-hmm. a coach i mean you, you things are thrown your way and um but you've got to be able to as Coach Schaefer was saying, a very, very good point. You're a role model, and yeah. you just you can't you got to be more in more control than that.
1: Absolutely, and I and I think another part of that scenario because I think we can all say that we've probably lost our cool in a moment, and maybe a word has slipped out that it that shouldn't have. I know that Jenny never has. We're right. Jenny, yeah. Jenny, yeah. Jenny, Jenny has. Jenny no. has. Uh, just just Jenny. just us two people <laughs> <who laughs> on the other side of the table here, but and you know <laughs> right. and, that's, and you know it's <laughs> those things, unfortunately happen but uh. i th- I think there's a difference between if a scenario like that happens too, and if a coach is berating personally a player with words like that as well, yeah. and that becomes a a whole nother scenario also that I think absolutely has to be addressed by an official and and taken care of but if I'm a you know a d or a superintendent sitting in the stands and I'm watching a coach and listening to a coach talk to young athletes like that. Mm-hmm. It's not who I want running that program.
0: Right. I am so glad you said that because that's not, why is it the official's responsibility? Mm-hmm. Why does it even get that far? Yep. Um, as in, you know, I would hope that you'd have an assistant coaching staff too, that would um, say, Hey, mm-hmm. get it under control or, you know, shut it down. But again, an, an administrator, mm-hmm. um, you know, obviously even parents of players, They don't want to see that. They don't don't want to hear that. They don't want to see that. They want you to be in control. They want you to fight for their kids. They want you to be passionate. um, But do it with class. Do it with class. All right. Um, Well, we are going to take uh, another break. And when we come back, we'll continue with our ethical scenarios here with Kelly Richardson and John Schaefer. We want to thank Highland Dairy for sponsoring this segment, along with Greg and Melinda Burnett, as they support local and thoughtful radio. We'll be right back here on Coach's Perspective. Coach's perspective. This segment is sponsored by Bill Grant Ford and Bolivar. They know cars, they know trucks, they know SUVs, and they know service. And they know how to keep their customers happy and loyal. I've been one of them for over 25 years. You've got to give Kelly Grant, Shane Rainey a call. They're going to take care of you. Call them at 417 326 7671. Uh, We also want to thank West Logging for sponsoring this segment as well. Contact Danny West, he's going to give you a free consultation. He is professional timber harvest certified, and he will treat your land like his own. Go to westlogging.com or find him on Facebook. All right, I have Coach Kelly Richardson here and Coach John Schaefer. We are talking ethics scenarios. We're kicking off a ethics and sports series and you guys have been doing a stellar job so far so i don't know if it's because you've agreed with my, my perspective or...
2: we know but be- we know better we don't
0: want to get a technical right well now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. i feel like that's i'm right. on i have already in the, right the, the war you, you yeah.
2: really are rule
0: yeah that's right that's right um all right we also want to thank greg lehman with shelter insurance for also sponsoring this segment all right so here's another scenario one of your varsity level athletes continues to degrade a JV athlete at the water fountain during practice. Mm -mm -mm. The JV athlete does not retaliate and tries to ignore the more talented player. After several episodes of this, another varsity player comes and tells you, as the coach, about the possible harassment of this player. How do you handle this situation?
1: So situations like this like are probably one of the quickest to get me hot because I'm really big on how you treat people. So I would have a severe problem with this in my program as I would hope every coach that would read that would. Um, just because how you treat people is important, and that's a part of that foundation of the character piece that you build within the culture of your program. So if you've built a culture in your program where kids feel like they can like go after, Someone that they perceive weaker, then there's something wrong with the culture in the program. So, um, I mean, obviously, if I didn't know about it and it was brought to my attention, it would be addressed immediately with the player that was that was doing the harassing, and obviously talking to the player that was being harassed as well, and trying to get more information about that. Um, and I, I can only say that I that's how the scenario would have to come to me because if I ever saw something like that happening with my own eyes before someone came to say anything to me, it would be immediately addressed. And if that meant the kid can't get it under control, then he, he or she would be removed from my program because kids like that will shred your program from the inside out. Right. Like, and it's just, it's not worth, it's not worth it. So, and this is one of those that you have to, you
0: do have to step back and take a breath. Mm hmm. Um, because yeah. it does immediately um, enrage you when you mm-hmm. hear of something like this happening coach Schaefer anything to add to that
2: um, no I agree I mean on the same thing I can just say that the kid would be exhausted from from how much how many stairs and <laughs> what they would run but you know we same thing it, it, we don't see this much as you know the bullying and, and the, the harassment with in our programs I've not noticed it you know and and kids are sneaky no, get me wrong. Sure. Kids do things, and, and they don't tell you. And but you know, for the most part, it's the same thing. We want our our kids to have a good culture, and I don't. I we do not see that. I, I will say that about Logan Rogersville, and that makes me happy. I our kids get along really well from the young ones, and I, I see a lot of support from our older guys to the young ones more so than you know, than I would think. I kind of see the young ones picking on the older guys more more today and, you know, kind of jabbing at them because boys will be boys, and, and that's how they interact. But for the most part, that, that wouldn't take long for me to fix. Um, right. And, uh, yeah.
0: Well, and I think, uh, you know, my surface reaction is is very similar. Um, there's a part of me, too, I guess, um, maybe the, the sports counselor in me, you know what what makes you feel like you need to degrade that person what makes you feel so insecure yourself mm-hmm. as a more talented and skilled player what makes you so insecure that you would have to go after this player that's just trying to make their way and they're you know working hard at practice and they're trying to do what they can do to help the team um, and I, I want to dive into that after they ran their
2: right and there's obviously <laughs> and there's a there's <laughs> obviously something there yeah, with yeah, that right, that's exactly yeah, why right. why, a, why a student will do that but uh, yeah but I I would want to talk to him after he was tired and couldn't breathe Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) (laughs) had no breath to get that right it's it's important i think it's important to hold that accountability and i also think it's um a a little bit of a chicken way if you will um to do it at the water fountain you know and then i'd also the player that comes approaches you about it what did you do about it Mm -hmm. what was your leadership skills what did you know how did you handle it which i wanted to commend them for bringing it to the attention of the coach but then also, it's in turn, it's a leadership you know, lesson for them as mm-hmm. well. How could you have handled it if you didn't want to bring it to the coach? Mm-hmm. Most definitely. All right. Um, so this is, uh, this, is, this is an interesting one. Um, so we're going to go back to the sport of football. All right. Um, and right. We're going to look at the player perspective and the coach perspective. All right. You're a high school quarterback with an outstanding career. Um, you one record that's getting a lot of press and a lot of talk in the town is the all-time passing record of 5,001 yards, set by this legendary, uh, they call him, you know, the Rifle Ramsey, 1976, and he's like a local celebrity. He went on to play in college and professional, and he holds that record. Entering the last game of your senior year against um, a traditional crosstown rival, Uh, you have 4,922 yards of passing. So you have a very good chance of breaking that record in this last game. It's rainy and kind of soggy, and so passing's been a little bit difficult. But with 12 seconds left in the game, your coach calls a timeout and converses with the opposing coach at midfield. He then calls a pass play for what's possibly the game's last play. You complete a 37-yard pass for a touchdown, giving you 5,009 yards and a new conference record. But there was something odd about that play. The defense really didn't try that hard to stop your play. So you learn after the game that the two coaches at midfield orchestrated the play to make sure you got the record. What's your reaction as as the player?
2: Well, if I'm Jimmy the Rifle, I'm pissed.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: Jimmy's uh, not going to have a good day. Him. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> that's that's an interesting one. Just because. I mean, I would hope that if a scenario like that ever happened, I don't know how you would keep a kid from not finding out, but I, I, I can't imagine I, I realize that there's a lot of different scenarios that can play into that that would create a situation like that happening. But um, you know, as the player, I would be I would probably be frustrated because I, I doubt if the player is the caliber that they are supposed to be and that they have to get to that point in the first place. I guarantee they weren't even focused on the record; they were focused on the win. Right. And so my thought process is is that a player in that scenario they might be aware that that is a possibility by the time that game is done, but they're more focused on their team and winning. I, I feel strongly that a lot of time, most of the times, players like that, you know, are team invested, and so I think it would probably be more just disappointment because that wasn't even my focus. My focus was to win the game with my team. Right.
2: Yeah, as a coach, I am one hundred percent against. I mean, I don't want to say helping a kid get to that record, but I'm against changing the outcomes of games and changing how I rotate rotate players and how I change the game. I, I you know, some people wouldn't agree. If somebody had the opportunity to be a, a, a state champion or not a state champion but a state record holder, and they say, "Well, if we just leave them in or we do this every game, that's going to happen." Me myself, I'm against that, but that's not everybody's opinion. Because
0: um, you have a global view of what's best for your team,
2: right? Right. And, and did you, re- you know, did you really earn it? If that's mm-hmm, the case, exactly. Um, and there, there's, you could argue this all day, but yeah, I would. I, it's just one of those things. I think coaches, that's one of your jobs, not to be involved with that. That's the, that's the player. If it's it's not your record, it's the player's record,
0: right. And, you know, that coach is wanting to, you know, say, oh, I coached the conference all-time record. Hole. You know what? Shame on that coach. Shame mm-hmm. on that coach for putting that kid in that position that has worked so hard. Um, what is what is wrong in that scenario of being the second all-time? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that that's a, a, an incredible accomplishment, and that coach took that away from him. Mm-hmm. And then I would also have to put on the hat of the opposing coach, like, what are you talking about? You want you want to give this kid a record? I would have said no. <laughs> I would
1: have said no. Yeah, well and how do you tell your defense not, not to try? Cuz yeah. then you're you're also putting you're also putting your own kids in a situation to go against everything I would assume you've been telling them all season long, which is you give everything all the way through, all the way till the end, always right. give that effort. And so you're kind of then contradicting yeah, yourself what is your in that. Argument? What, is your, yeah. what do you
0: say? We're going to let this kid set a record. We
1: really love their school and their team. Right? So we're just going to. No way. We're going to let them run away Forget with that. that. No, I can't. I There's, I, I, no. Mm-mm. And if I'm <laughs> the
0: player, take it back. I don't want it. I mean, take it back. I I, I mean, it's, that would be tainted and the whole community mm-hmm. would know it's tainted. Mm-hmm. Just take it back if you want any self-respect at all. Um, that's another one that that gets me hot. I just can't imagine a an, an adult. And these these are, by the way, true. Scenarios true stories. That true have stories. Before uh, these are scenarios that have happened. Maybe not in Southwest Missouri or in Missouri. I mean, uh, a couple of these are from Texas. Ones from Oklahoma. So these are true scenarios that have happened. And I just, um, you know, those. I hope those coaches are listening. But shame on you both. <laughs> <laughs> that's a kid. Um, I don't, I definitely don't like that um, at, at all, for sure. All right, so. Uh, Let's say you are playing for a state championship. This could be in any sport. playing for a state championship. You won in the semifinals, and you're getting ready to play for the state championship the next day. You're playing against a team that you have already beaten significantly twice in the season. All right, so the odds are looking good in your favor. You're at the hotel. Uh, You have a film session. You have a team meeting. Uh, kids go back to their room. You're walking around the hotel, and there's one of their doors that's open. You look in. You see them partaking in alcoholic beverages uh, with some of the other some of their classmates. You have a zero-tolerance, and that has been expressed um, that that no alcohol or drugs in your program. Three of these players are your starters. What do you do?
1: Not playing. I mean, it's 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 easy. It's I mean, it's I mean, it's not easy because obviously that hurts. But like, they're not playing. If you have set that as I would hope anyone in the country would, um, with what I would assume would be underage kiddos. But like, I mean, it's just it's there's not even a you don't even think about it. They don't play.
2: That's no that's no brainer. No brainer. Mm -hmm. That's why you don't want to go look in their rooms. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> but no it just yeah that's that's a no-brainer mm-hmm. you're going to play well you're going to play for state championship and it sounds like you still got a good chance if you've already beat the team twice you're only losing three guys right mm-hmm. <laughs> Right. hey that's great true. great opportunity that's for the true. other guys to step up but hey that is true. you know that's 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 why we do what we do you know that's that's high school sports it's not the end of the world and sometimes we got to realize that it's not life or death the world still turns and and It it, sometimes it's really not that big a deal.
0: Who do you think would take the heat for those kids not playing? You think their actions take the heat or do you think that coach takes the heat?
1: I think, I mean, it probably depends on the situation. Like if you have here, here's what I have becoming a parent. I've realized very quickly um, how your parent brain, if your child is upset or hurt can sometimes dive in and take over if you don't take a breath before you react. And Mm -hmm. so I, And while I don't think it excuses parents when they get involved when they shouldn't, I understand what that immediate, like, headspace is of wanting to protect your kids. So, you know, if you're playing, if you've got three seniors and you're playing for a state championship and all of a sudden they can't play, even if they made a really poor choice, there are absolutely going to be scenarios in that situation where parents are going to come at you and say, well, you should have turned the other cheek or this is the, you know, the punishment doesn't fit the crime or whatever it might be. I mean, Or you're just bitch them a quarter. Or bitch them yes, a half. Or you they you just shouldn't him have started. You could have put them back in. They would have learned their lesson that way. And, you know, I, I think you just weather that and you hold to what you know is right. And I have to believe that some point down the road, those kids, and it really did not matter if their parents do or not, but those kids are going to look back and they're going to be like, you know, I, I grew that day, I that day and I learned that day. And I learned that, you know, choices have consequences. And, you know, that's, that's how we grow as people. <laughs> <laughs> This is true, this is
0: true. All right, so um, let's let's talk a little bit, um, instead of a scenario, one of the things that I think is kind of a, a, an ethics and, and moral thing is, is social media. Um, do you all have any kind of social media regulations within your program? You know, obviously you have the drug and alcohol. That's usually instilled in a citizenship card through, mm-hmm. you know, the district, school district. But, you know, do you have a social media? What if you've got a kid that is, you know, bashing a, a team uh, teammate on social media, an official on social media, an opposing school—even. I mean, we got to have more class and sportsmanship than that. But you know, or 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 you, um, or or a parent of one of your teammates. You know, how do you handle that? Um, and do you have any kind of social media regulation that you think is appropriate?
2: Well, most of our school takes care of most of that. Like you said, the district. We have our policies, and and you really don't want to go against anything or add to. To what you know we're already doing as a district because it's so uncontrollable anymore um, and even you know if a kid or an adult for that matter wants to bash somebody online they can do it anonymous. an anonymous anonymous and you could you could pretend to be somebody else you can that's why this is such a hard thing to regulate you know you could have one of our players you know on on a social media page bashing somebody else that may not be that player mm-hmm. it may be somebody from that opposing school trying to get somebody else in trouble that's how big of a mess this is now so it it is very hard to regulate but you know i mean we try you know with the citizenship and you know if that was the case and one of our kids is doing that we you know there's there's repercussions and you know we don't allow that or condone it
1: we have we have it written in our contract and obviously you know ours is a big spectrum, you know, we've got over 250 families in our one division alone. And so I answer mean, a lot of people with a lot of social media access. And so we have it built into our contract that if there are social media posts put out against coaches, against other teammates, against the club in itself, that it is in it, the way it's worded is it is grounds for removal. Mm-hmm. So, um, And we're just really upfront. It was in our our first parent meeting of the season here about a month ago. We addressed social media. This is not a place. That's not where – and that's – you don't want to show that to your kids. We talk to the parents about it. We talk – because it's not just kids that get on there and, you know, jump on social media and want to have their voices heard. Parents are doing it too. And, you know, we try to explain, you know, from our perspective too, how that can impact their next step. So because for us – you know, we're helping train kids to try to potentially move on to the next step and play in playing college. Well, college recruiter sees you on social media blowing up your coach or your parents blowing up your coach. Guess who's not getting recruited? Right. You aren't. Your parents so, are. <laughs> and I mean, and your, you know, there's so, many, there's so many coaches recruited. that have come out and started like being very honest about that. Like, hey, kids, we recruit your parents too. Right. And if your parents are a problem, we're not going to deal with them for four years because we don't have to. You don't have to. So, um, I think that think social media i'm just so glad that i grew up throughout my you know playing career without social media yeah. you're not dating yourself it's fine oh my gosh no i was, <laughs> it's I was an added layer I was of pressure not fighting with my my status was not you know yeah. i mean it's just it is it's pressure it's it's this need to make everything look perfect. It's, I mean, it's hard for these athletes to deal with social media. It's difficult.
0: It's so true. It really is. It really is.
1: Um, Well, I'll tell you what is
0: not difficult is having you two on this show talking about ethical scenarios. You did a tremendous job tonight, and I appreciate you all so much. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks. And and Coach Schaefer, you're – First week of practice, I want to wish you the best of luck with the, your Wildcats.
2: Well, thank you. We're, we're going to need that for sure. <laughs> We've had a few a few injuries. So.
0: Well, you are a strong leader, so you'll, you'll get them where they need to be. No pressure. Um, and, and, Kelly, thank you so much for being here. And thank I you. appreciate you, your contributions as well. We're going to move into our post-game talk sponsored by Story Construction. Story Construction, high quality industrial and commercial construction since 1966. Visit story, S-T-O-R-E-E dot com. Next week, we're gonna continue our Ethics in Sports series. Now, for our post-game talk. You know, decisions, um, decisions, you know, we have to make them constantly. You know, what to wear, our route to work, what to eat, what to drink, what music to listen to. We always have a decision. Some are easy. But some, we have to gather the information, examine the options, the outcomes, and then, when all else fails, decide with our gut. Decisions, in my opinion, are easier if you examine your control over Deciding what to do sometimes is just as easy as deciding what you have control over and what you don't. Think about that the next time you have a decision to make. What do you control? Then, look at the possible consequences of various outcomes. Usually, the best decision is the one that, quite simply, makes the most sense. Trust your gut. It is a sign of your values and morals. Trust your instincts. They are the actions of our character. And that is how champions do it. And I'm going to remind those of you each and every day be a good human. Be a kind human. Live your life a human. Live like a human.